What's up, everybody? You are watching episode 10 of the 10 After 7 podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Big one. It's double digits. We're off and running. The sports world is getting a little bit of movement. Korean baseball is now on ESPN. I was fired up to hear that. Monday night, I was going to get up, watch opening day. First game started at 10, I believe. All the rest, 2.30 a.m. I don't know about that one. I'm taping games. Just tough to get up. There's a couple big leaguers there couple good pitchers. Is it doing it for me? No, not quite. Not quite. I like the bat flip that they have. They embrace over there. Other than that, I just I can't get behind it. I don't have a team to root for, which is key. They got a couple cool team names. The Unicorns, the Dinos, the Doosan Bears. Had a couple friendly bets with some friends. Little $5 ones. I'm 0-2. So everything is right in the world when it comes to my sports betting. I'm still absolutely terrible. You got the NFL. They gave us the draft a couple weeks ago. Thank you for that. And now, today, Thursday, May 7th, they're releasing their NFL schedule for this upcoming season. They do it every year. It's a huge event. Three-hour television shows breaking it down. I will never be a schedule release guy. They already let it be known months prior who the teams are going to face. It's cool. The Rams are taking on the Buccaneers this year. Tom Brady's coming into L.A. Awesome. Other than that, I don't need, I don't need to know when they're going to play. I'm going to watch it. I don't need to know who's playing on Thursday night this year. I'm going to watch it. Sunday night football. It could be the Jaguars-Titans. I'm going to watch it. So why, in the middle of this, are they still having a three-hour show? Something to watch, but I will not watch that. Three hours of them breaking down a schedule that possibly is going to be in flux anyways. They don't know if these games are happening. There's rumblings that they're going to put the unimportant games, the non-conference games, at the beginning of the schedule in case they lose them so they still have the key events later on in the season. The opening game is one that you could be fired up for. That's the one. Who are they going to have kick off the new NFL season? The Buccaneers do play the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people are pointing to that one. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. The new and improved Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we haven't given a shit about for the last three years, but Tom Brady moves the needle. So will that be the first game, or did they not want to lose that game? So will they put it in the middle of the season? The NFL schedule is what it is. And I don't know if they're going to have Roger Goodell in this three-hour show on ESPN come on and tell us break it down for us, what it's going to mean when they do have to move the schedule. Because 17 games, it's going to be tough to get 17 games in. But the NFL is putting their head down, and they're moving right along. They're doing it for the fans. And also, I think the NFL is the one league that won't play any games without fans in the stands. They need it, they want it, they want to go forward with fans in the stands, and that's why those first couple of games, they might put them out there just for us to see, but it ain't going to happen. No chance. So the NFL's doing what they can. MLB, on the other hand, they gave a memo to all their teams a couple days ago telling them, hey, be ready. 
June could be when we start spring training. July, we're going to try to get this season off and running. The NBA, they're going to open up facilities next week for player workouts. I think they're having four players at a time, no coaching staff there. Just a couple of staff members with gloves, the whole shebang. Some players, CJ McCollum and owner Mark Cuban, aren't too happy with that, by the way. They're not sure if it's safe. And the NBA, if we're being honest, if we don't want to lose any season, the NBA's got to be it. Because they are, what, 15 games for finishing the year, starting the NBA playoffs? I think the NBA is going to try real hard. And like I've said all along, I'm going to follow what Adam Silver's doing. The facility's opening back up. Players might not be comfortable with it from the start. But it's something to look at. You look at all these owners. What are they doing? What are the steps they're taking? The NFL, they're acting as if it's going. The NBA, kind of looking around, seeing what's going on, seeing what others are doing. All right, May, we're going to see what happens. A couple weeks, we're going to open up facilities. They're going slowly. MLB, you can't trust Rob Manfred at all. I'm not going to trust him. You're not going to trust him. The guy couldn't even put up a suspension to the players because he's too goddamn scared. So that's the guy that's kind of sitting back watching what the others are doing. But the NBA, I'm still sticking with them. I'm sticking with Adam Silver and those guys. Other NFL news, Cam Newton. I find this fascinating. He's a free agent, got cut by the Panthers. Panthers bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Cam Newton, it came out today in a report by Ian Rappaport. He's okay with being a backup quarterback, just depending on the situation. Here's where it gets tricky. I'm not sure if Cam Newton plays football this year in the NFL. Cam Newton is such a big personality. Too big to a fault. And that might leave him out of football because no one in the NFL, no coach, wants to have a backup quarterback with a bigger personality than the guy. And your starter. No chance. We saw it with Tim Tebow. Everywhere Tim Tebow went after he was with the Denver Broncos was a backup, and immediately, when that starter failed, made a mistake, the fans were calling for, the, for Tim Tebow. They were calling for his name. The Tebow chants came out. The coach asked to ask questions. The starter asked to ask questions about his job. Well, Tim Tebow's the backup quarterback. Backup quarterback, your job is to get your dude, the dude ready, keep your mouth shut, and step in there when it's your time to play. Whether that's an injury, who knows? So you look at the teams. Where does Cam Newton go? The other free agent quarterback out there was Andy Dalton. Signed a deal with the Dallas Cowboys. $3 million. Andy Dalton doesn't do a lot of talking. He's not going to be a guy where the fans are calling for his name once Dak Prescott throws a couple interceptions. Just not the case. You put Cam Newton in that situation, people know how good Cam Newton could be. A former MVP. I don't care if it was three years ago. He's posting his workout videos. He looks better than ever. You have in the back of your mind, that guy won an MVP. He could win football games in the NFL. I don't think any coach wants to bring that in. Unless Cam Newton is fighting for a starting job, if it's an open competition when he steps foot in that locker, locker room, that's the only team that he could play for. 
And that team's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why not? People are saying they're in full-on tank mode. They want Trevor Lawrence next year, Clemson Tigers quarterback. Gardner Minshew, he's kind of dead in the water right now. He knows the Jaguars aren't making any moves to improve that team. He's just going to sit in there for a year, try to win games. But matter-of-factly, they might be tanking. Jaguars, they need to put people in the seats. Very relevant. Yeah, they made it to an AFC championship game a couple years ago with Blake Bortles. Ever since then, they've been dead. Cam Newton's a guy, you're going to turn on the TV wherever he's playing. Jacksonville, that's the only spot for him. You've heard about maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben's on his way out, getting older, dealt with injuries. Steelers can't do that to Big Ben. Mike Tomlin might want Cam Newton. The players might want Cam Newton in there. But if Ben messes up one time, and that's a quarterback who's won two Super Bowls for that franchise. And that franchise has preached loyalty. The Roonies have done a great job over there. It's one of the franchises that you put at the top tier when you're talking about NFL teams. Tomlin's never had a losing record. It would be a good spot for him. Makes sense. Big Ben's last year. Cam Newton steps in. He's on the right side of 30. But when things get rough, those Steeler fans, we know them. They're one of the most knowledgeable fan bases out there. They will be calling for Cam Newton's name, without a doubt. You can't bring him in. It's the same issue. I mean, yes, Colin Kaepernick did get blackballed. They took it to court. He obviously got money. But that was another guy. There was something behind teams not wanting to bring him in. Besides all the other stuff, he was too big. All those reporters at the end of games who asked questions, they were going to be in front of Colin Kaepernick's locker. And he was going to be the backup quarterback wherever he went in the NFL. Same with Cam. Too big a personality. And that sucks. He's got the charismatic smile. You want that guy on your team. He rallies the troops. But it has to be the perfect team and place for Cam Newton. And I think the Jaguars are that only team right now. He could go in there start tomorrow. He has injury issues too. No one really knows if he's healthy. But that's about it. And if the Jaguars aren't calling, I'm afraid no one else is going to be calling. Cam Newton's either out of football, he waits for an injury that happens in training camp, then signs with that team because he's going to be the starter. Or, hey, Cam Newton could make a hell of a lot of money going to Canada. I don't watch the CFL, but if Cam Newton's playing, I'll tune into a game. And we've had stars over the years in the NFL go there. Warren Moon, Doug Flutie, Cam Newton can make a name for himself. Maybe go there for a year, tear it up, win an MVP, then come back next year, go to a team who needs a quarterback. Cam Newton, though, one of the bigger stars in the NFL over the last couple years, may be out of football. As we're talking about quarterbacks, I want to bring up one thing. Alex Smith, incredible story, remarkable. We didn't know when he got hurt last year, when J.J. Watt rolled up on his leg, we didn't know how serious it was. Knee injuries happen in football like snap of the finger. You ask anyone in the NFL, I feel like any, all of them have had knee surgery. That one, though, 
They had an E60 called Project 11. You need to watch it. But I'll caution you, look away. You're going to need to look away. His knee ended up after a compound fracture, got the surgery, went home after that. Turns out there was bacteria in there. The guy almost died. The video footage they have, breathtaking. He literally almost died in a knee injury in football. Almost lost his entire leg. There were questions. His wife had to ask the doctor straight up. Should we just amputate? 17 surgeries later, he's still trying to play. There's video today, his 36th birthday. He's working out to make a return to the NFL. He's got three years left on his deal in Washington. If that guy gets back on a football field, that might be one of the most amazing stories we've ever seen in sports. You go from possibly amputating your leg to then getting back to the NFL. It's a miracle he's even walking right now. They show him going to a uh, hospital in San Antonio, a military hospital, to talk to people who have lost their legs about what he went through. And I forget, you forget the career Alex Smith's had. First of all, he went to high school in Helix High School in San Diego. Same exact high school as Reggie Bush. They played together. Try stopping those guys on the same field. Then he goes to Utah under the head coach Urban Meyer. Heard of him? Yeah. Then we all know about the draft he was a part of. That draft is forever known as Aaron Rodgers slipping, slipping, slipping. Alex Smith goes number one, goes to the 49ers. Five years of just brutal, getting his ass kicked. Terrible team. Goes through, I think, four or five offensive coordinators at the time. Then Jim Harbaugh comes in. The old college coach coming in to save the day. Alex Smith leads him to the playoffs his first year with them. Next season, gets, it, gets an injury, concussion, middle of the year. Colin Kaepernick takes over, leads the team to the Super Bowl. Already plays with Urban Meyer in the same draft as Aaron Rodgers. The 49ers starts, takes him to the playoffs. Very next year, one of the most famous stories that's going to live on forever, Colin Kaepernick's the guy to take his job. So then Alex Smith moves on, goes to the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid, has probably the best five years of his career. They go to the playoffs every single year. Kansas City Chiefs then draft a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Now what happens? We know who Patrick Mahomes is. MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback. They trade Alex Smith because they know the talent that Patrick Mahomes has. He moves on to Washington. So look at that. That's one of the craziest NFL journeys, in my opinion. Urban Meyer, one of the most famous college coaches. Aaron Rodgers draft. Jim Harbaugh, Colin Kaepernick, Patrick Mahomes. And then his knee injury the same day, November 18th. You go back to 1985, November 18th, Joe Theismann tears his leg. Lawrence Taylor, one of the most gruesome injuries we had seen up to that point. Same day, in 2020, Alex Smith goes down. And J.J. Watt, one of the best defensive players of all time in his right, is the guy that lands on his knee. Just an amazing story, and please watch that E60. If you're not watching The Last Dance, you are watching The Last Dance. I don't trust you if you're not watching it. But that's another thing that you should put on there. Incredible. Last Dance, 
Uh, still going. Strong. They had the Michael Jordan gambling in this last episode. Viral moment is when he's playing quarters with a security guard. Phenomenal. And I didn't really know about Michael Jordan and the uh, whole politics part of it with him not backing uh, the North Carolina governor. That was an interesting part for me. I did not know that. I know he didn't show up to the White House that one day because he was on the golf course with the guy that he owed millions of dollars to because he lost a bet. Michael Jordan right now, still winning. We know he came out before the documentary. He said people aren't going to understand me. These next two episodes, what I've heard is when the practice videos start coming out and they actually bring that footage back from 20 years ago. And there's some language in there that a lot of people think, ah, is ESPN going to let us put this in there? It's a full go. We're going to actually see the teammate Michael Jordan. And coming off reading the Jordan rules, not a good teammate. Those guys didn't like him. They talked about that book a little bit. Horace Grant got all the blame for talking to Sam Smith, the author. Those guys all talked. B.J. Armstrong, Scottie Pippen, they all talked. The coaches were good friends with them. Jordan wasn't a like teammate. Not at all. I get, You read that book and you're saying, how the hell did that team win an NBA championship? Because they each and every one of those guys didn't like each other. Phil Jackson made Horace Grant cry during a game at one point. So the last dance, fired up for that Sunday. Moving on to my next book. Here it is. I made it. I'm on book five in the month of May. We're on track. Friday Night Lights, though. I was listening to a podcast earlier in the year where they were listing the best sports books ever written. Now I know why Friday Night Lights might be at the top of that list. The writing's just incredible. H.G. Bissinger, Bissinger, unreal. One thing it did get me to do, though, I started watching Friday Night Lights, the show again. It's still every bit as good every single time I watch it. Nothing will ever hold a candle to that. The drama, everything. And now reading this book while I'm watching it, you know exactly what's going on and the real stories behind it. Why they had to bring two schools together, shut down one school. It's interesting stuff. So that's what I have for you today. Sports, they're making a comeback. Slowly but surely, sports are coming back. Do we know when exactly? No. If you like the NFL release of the schedule, so be it. I'm not that guy. I'm going to watch any game they put out there. doesn't matter how shitty it is. Thanksgiving games, those are going to be big ones on the list. The Bears-Lions, still going to watch. No matter what. Three hours, though, of breaking down that stuff, I don't know if we're going to get any information about it. Maybe they tell us, hey, these, the schedule is not set in stone, which my question to you is then, why do you have a three-hour show about it? Let's follow the NBA. Adam Silver, take the lead. Get us those NBA playoffs. I know you don't care if there's fans in there. We don't either as fans. We just want to see an NBA champion get crowned. If it's the Lakers, if it's the Bucks, Jesus, if the 76ers, if Ben Simmons starts taking threes, maybe it's them. We just want to see it. So that's all I have today for the 10 After 7 podcast. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at 10 After 7 or on Instagram at 10 underscore after seven. Woo! Go Dodgers.